cliffcentral.com. Sanwan Anoge, welcome to the show. <laughs> it's frankly speaking for one hour. Rory Sang Shavalala and myself, Andrew Levy, as always. Do me lang, Rory. Ache abuti lega. Thing lega. I on a flop on foot. Why? Ah, on a flop. Why was on a flop or on a flop? Because on a flop, it's a bad thing, you know, because you just there, Nje. Yeah, I'm saying I equal flop. Oh. Yeah, right, Nje. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, colis, colis. Next year, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Inyaka Eliza Elizayo. I'm gonna try and do a little bit more suitor for you. Yeah, no, no, it's I impress think. me. If you do that for me, me, I'm gonna speak Afrikaans for you. I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You can speak Afrikaans, but it won't be for me, bro. I won't understand a word of that. Uh, how you all doing out there? Thanks to Cliff and the gang. Uh, back again tomorrow. Hey, uh, we've got a whole bunch of things coming up. Of course, the big uh, talking point is Zuma, 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 Zuma. Um, it sounds like a, you know, it sounds like those gym ads. Don't don't go there. Zumba. No, don't go no? there. Okay, no, okay, all right. No, slip forget slope. it. Forget it. Forget it. It's 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 coming. It's 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 coming on December. I apologize. <laughs> I thought the fun was starting. It's still November. I suppose we have to be a little bit serious. We're going to be talking to Save South Africa, and we're going to be talking to political analyst Justice Malala on the show today. A little bit about Zuma, but uh, the bad parts of Zuma, but also what now? You know, can we just get over it now? I mean, the NEC have made their decision. It's clear from Gwede Mantashe's last words. Where he said, it is now, what is it? It is now closed. Mm. Very clear. Mm. Which must have been difficult, Rory. You know, he, uh, rumor has it that Gwede is not, uh, not on the side of Zuma anymore. So for him to, to say it, he said it without conviction though, and, and you could clearly feel that. You know, Uncle Gwede is very, uh, is very, normally has a lot of conviction in what he says. He said that without conviction, but I think it's true. I think, no, I think it's over now, no, so we must just move on. That's what sucks about having a job, uh, working for somebody you don't respect. Um, because you're ultimately going to have to, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, you're going to then have to uh, implement whatever decisions have been taken. And uh, it's part of his job to go to the to the media and to share the good and the bad. Um, so it's, it sucks, man. Choose your bosses better. It's interesting, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about this with justice, but one of the interesting things that came out of an article that, uh, Ranjani wrote in the Daily Maverick, and if you haven't seen it, it's in this morning's Daily Maverick. Very, very interesting. But apparently an ANC, NEC member went to Zuma and outside of the room and said, listen, uh, uh, Mr. Zuma, Given that the country's against you, given that society's against you, given that corporate's against you, and now potentially your own party is now going against you, do you think that maybe it's time to have a, a resignation, um, that is worthy of you? And, uh, his response was that absolutely not. That would be giving in to the imperialists. Who are the imperialists? I that's another thing. This is, this is another one of those confusing who things. Are who are the imperialists? You know who that sounds like is Mugabe. That is straight out of the Mugabe book. Like the imperialists. So I don't want to write it off, right? We, we, we can't, we can't write it off and say, okay, they don't exist. But what do these guys know that we don't? That's actually what I'm, I'm curious about. What do they know about Western forces and imperialists, white monopoly capital? What do they know that we don't? I mean, and is there an angle? Is Zuma out? Has he been ousted? Is he is he actually not such a bad guy? And it's just that 
the the forces that are playing against them are really really ridiculous. Exactly. So that, that those are the sorts of things that I think we all want to know um, because it, it it does get confusing. We just the, the the only thing we can go by is what the media tells us, and then when you believe what the media says, then they say no, the media is captured and whatever. Mm. You shouldn't. Be. Okay, so now who should we believe? Yeah. Where does the truth come from? Well, frankly speaking, what now? Now that the Zuma NEC thing is done, what now? Uh, of course, you can hear your comments as well. You can hit us up on Cliff Central WeChat or at Rory Shabalala and Yebo underscore Levy on Twitter. And we will take some of your comments and thoughts. We never do, but we'll try. We'll try. <laughs> I, I mean, I always say no, that. We, we like put out all these Twitter things, but we never take any no, of them. No, we because, do. We do. We I mean, weave it into the story. You know we do. Don't, the, don't come, don't come gets, here with stories. We are the imperialists. Don't come with stories yet. <laughs> all right. On the line now uh, from uh, from uh, Johannesburg, I believe. It's uh, Lawson Naidu. Um, Lawson, you are part of Save South Africa. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much. I'm actually in Cape Town. You're in Cape Town. How's Cape Town these days? Uh, still a little bit windy. <laughs> so Lawson, you are also you're also uh, director of the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. That's a long name. What does that do? What does that body do? It's an advocacy and lobby group that seeks to use the uh, the basis of the uh, the Constitution as a tool to promote transformation and and and, and advance the democracy in our country. So we're we're a group that seeks to. Uh, protect and promote the fundamental principles and values of our constitution and ensure that South Africa is governed uh, in line and in accordance with what the, uh, the constitution provides. Uh, Lawson, now given that um, uh, Mr. Pitiana is also, uh, I think, founder of KSAC, uh, why was it important to go and establish a separate organization called Save South Africa? What are the what are the differences in mandate? Uh, considering that um, a number of challenges to the president and the president's removal are based on the constitution, why was there a need to set up a separate organization? What are the different mandates of the two organizations? Uh, okay. Uh, the first thing is, Save South Africa is not an organisation; it is a campaign. And as I said, CASAC uh, is, is a is a is a uh, is a body that is uh, uh, focused on advocacy and lobbying around constitutional issues, and its mandate is very specific to that. Save South Africa is is, is a much broader issue, uh, focus on a broader issue, a range of issues. As I say, it's a campaign that seeks to bring within its fold all sectors of South African society. So we're reaching out to the broader spectrum of South African civil society, from ordinary community groups and uh, NGOs to the business sector to trade unions and religious leaders. And I think this is the kind of movement that we're beginning to build to say that ultimately the people are the custodians of our constitutional values and our constitutional direction, and the people must take control of where we are. We've abdicated that responsibility for far too long to government, and they have continuously let us down, that the government of Jacob Zuma is leading us in, in a direction that deviates from the fundamental values and principles of the Constitution, and therefore we as Safe South Africa are calling for President Zuma to step down immediately, and in that line, we have launched a people's motion of no confidence in him. Lawson, I see a lot of um, civil society movements have joined this movement, Save South Africa. What, which corporates have, have joined? Well, it's not a membership-based organization, so it's not a question of people joining us. And uh, there are no individual corporates that have joined. We've had 
broad support from the business community in, in general. Uh, the CEO initiative has uh, issued statements in support of, of uh, what Say South Africa is doing. Uh, they've, they've attended uh, meetings that we have held and rallies that we have held. And we are working in partnership and collaboration with the range of, uh, of entities. And, uh, and the, the, the key message from the Save South Africa campaign is that it is up to uh, uh, South Africans across the board, or wherever we may find ourselves, to do something, to take action and to say to government that we are dissatisfied with where we're at. We want, uh, we want change, and that change needs to be in accordance with the Constitution. So whether that comes from business or from a small community uh, in, in Fixburg, it really doesn't matter. That it's the important thing is that people start to take ownership of our democracy once again. Lawson, the, the overwhelming um, narrative that uh, has, has we've come to associate with Save South Africa, so while we understand that it's broad-based, focused on getting all citizens active again, uh, the main thing sure. that we've come to associate Save SA with is um, this this campaign for the president to step down. Uh, we saw Mr. Yeah. Pijana as well saying that we need Save South Africa from who? Save South Africa from you, Mr. President. Um, why have you decided that out of all of the different things that you could focus on as 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 part of saving South Africa, this should be the primary uh, aim, at least for now? Well, if we look at all of the issues that are bedeviling our country at this point in time, uh, and you trace them, uh, trace those, those issues, and you un- uh, analyze and understand them, uh, it comes down to the president of the country. Whether we're talking about in Kandla, the report of uh, the more recent report of the public protector on state capture, the issues of, uh, um, of poor governance and maladministration within state uh, companies. Uh, a, a whole range of issues uh, that all point to the, uh, to the president failing to take action, failing to do what is required, uh, failing to sign the Financial Intelligence Center Ball, even though the Secretary General of his own political party, Gwede Matasha, said that the president should sign the ball. So, uh, you know, the, each of the ills that uh, befall our country uh, would appear to lie at the, at the feet of Mr. Zuma, and therefore we, we believe that we cannot move forward as a country until he is removed from office and we can recommit ourselves and, and, and elect a president who's, uh, who is committed to the values and principles of the Constitution, who will swear an oath of office to, uh, to, to guide the country in terms of those values and principles and take that oath of office seriously. With President Zuma, he has, he has uh, failed to uphold that oath of office uh, on, on several occasions, and therefore uh, our focus really does need to be on him. But whilst we call for his re- removal, we must also say that whoever replaces him must respect the Constitution and must respect the people of South Africa. Um, Lawson, uh, is it a stretch too mu- is stretch too far to imagine that Save SA could also set its sights on the likes of corporate South Africa? Uh, one might argue that uh, not all the issues. I think you mentioned the word all the issues uh, rest at the feet of the president. Um, are there issues that uh, the likes of corporate South Africa, which you seem to to have a close uh, alliance with at least, uh, could also start running on, and that that could also be pressured to to move on? Um, there's inequality. In, in CEO pay and the rest of the working population, you've also got issues around transformation that aren't moving fast enough. Is it a stretch too far to expect that these things should happen in parallel? Uh, n- not at all. I mean, we have many challenges in South Africa, and we've got to deal with them all. But the, the issue is that, you know, that this is a campaign that's focused on, on, on issues of governance at the highest levels. 
And I uh, would, would not at all suggest that the other issues you've mentioned uh, are not important. And in fact, at the very launch of uh, the Save SA campaign on the 2nd of November in, in Pretoria, uh, Justice Zakir Koub, who gave one of the keynote addresses that day, said to business persons there that, you know, don't think that because you're here, we're not going to look at you and, and look at your labor practices and so on. And that's something that we will indeed have to focus on because we cannot... Uh, say we've got to speak to one part of the Constitution and not to another. So those are all, all important issues, but we, we need to deal with the primary issue, which is to get rid of Jacob Zuma, to ensure that we have governance at the very highest levels that is committed to the Constitution, committed to the rule of law. And once we have that commi- those commitments in place, it would make it much easier to deal with the, mir- with the myriad other challenges that South Africa f- faces in urban and rural communities. Can we can we trust uh, that corporate South Africa will move on these issues um, if if Jacob Zuma is removed? Because um, if you think about um, our move into democracy and so on, there were expectations that we would see corporate South Africa coming to the party and so on, and they haven't moved as much as one would have expected. Why are we not putting pressure on them at the same time and in parallel to make sure that we get these two significant wins at at the same time? What might happen is Jacob Zuma leaves and then the next thing uh, we, we rest on our laurels and we celebrate the fact that he's gone, but we still haven't dealt with uh, the, the fundamental issues. Well, uh, you know, I, firstly, I don't speak on behalf of business and uh, therefore, you know, I cannot give you any guarantees about how business is going to respond. That's a question you need to pose to business. Business is associating with themselves with this campaign for reasons that, uh, that they would be best placed to articulate. Uh, where but issues, are you uh, not best placed to put pressure on them, Mr. Lawson? No, I, I'm trying to say to you that our, our focus at the moment is on removing President Zuma from office. We, there are many other organizations. We are not here, Save South Africa, uh, to, to provide the silver bullet to deal with all of the ills that, uh, that confront our, our society. There are many other organizations that exist that deal with these issues. Some of those organizations I'm involved with, such as CASAC, and we will continue to do our, our work in those other spaces allow save South Africa to do to uh, to uh, fulfil the mandate that it has set itself, and and not allow us to be uh, sidetracked by other issues. Equal, uh, important as they might be, we have set ourselves a set of goals, and we want to stick to those goals. We will uh, other, uh, and that will create the space uh, for these other challenges to be to be dealt with in good time. Lawson, um, I'm just interested in, in hearing about, you know, I think Rory's going on a line of questioning, which is very interesting to me uh, personally, but this idea of your constituency, um, who is your constituency? I know you've got a single focused, a single one track focus, which is good, right? You want to get rid of Zuma, which I think is fantastic. But doesn't it concern you as to who your constituency is, who the people that are coming behind you are and saying, yes, we back you? Wouldn't that be a worry at some stage to be like, well, if the wrong people start backing us, it could be an issue. It could start diluting uh, what's happening. Our constituency constituency is the people of South Africa. And if that is the wrong constituency, then I don't know. But is it? I mean, supposedly the vote told us that the constituency is happy with the government. Uh, which vote? The vote for the national elections. Yes, but people can change their minds. There are people uh, across the country that are protesting in large numbers 
who are unhappy with the state of affairs under the Zuma administration. And people have a right to protest. They don't have to wait five years before they, another election before they can express their, their concerns. That is the very basis of, of a, a constitutional democracy. And we're calling on people to exercise their rights within the ambit of the Constitution, within the ambit of accepted norms of democratic practice. Mr. Naidu, um, let, let's talk about uh, that protest. Uh, we know that you have set about this people's motion of no confidence. Uh, w- what happens once you've got, uh, you know, a certain number of signatures? What, what difference does it make? Well, we will present that people's motion of no confidence to the Speaker of the National Assembly. That is the body that is there in terms of our constitution that represents the interests of the people of South Africa. And we will be presenting this motion to the Speaker on the basis that it is a non-partisan motion. It comes with uh, however many signatures we will have garnered by the time we present it that represents the views of the people of South Africa. And we would ask the Speaker to table that motion for discussion in the House on a non-party political basis. And we will ask and lobby all political parties in Parliament to support that motion. Are you not falling into this uh, the, this trap, or at least uh, uh, reinforcing what those that are opposed to you uh, have said that you're subverting democracy? Because there are parliamentarians in parliament. We've had votes of no confidence in parliament. They supposedly represent the people, as per, as per the constitution. They have been voted in to represent the people. You're using almost a side entrance to try and influence what happens there. Uh, is that uh, is is this not a reinforcement of the view by some that you are that that this is a move to subvert the will of the people ultimately well that, that is the view of those who are willing to uh, to protect the corrupt uh, and if that is the view that you think we should follow then i would fundamentally disagree with you i think people are speaking out because we are we, we want to say no to corruption we want to say no to state capture we want to say no to poor governance and parliament has the responsibility to hold the executive to account that is its primary responsibility to do that. It, the Parliament is failing to do that. And as ordinary citizens, we are saying, Parliament, you need to wake up and do what is right and not, not listen to the, uh, necessarily listen to the views of, uh, 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 only of the majority party in Parliament. And that there is a greater um, issue at, at stake here, and that is what, is what is best for the people of South Africa, what is best for our country. And we are doing that. In, within the, uh, the ambit of the law and the constitution. That is not some, some kind of coup d'etat or regime change agenda that is uh, outside of the ambit of the law. It is something that is, is, is a part of the of fundamental democratic practice for people to, to express their opinions and to have those opinions heard in the national legislature. Lawson, I love what you're saying right now. I think this is very interesting to me, um, this idea of, you know, because we focused on the man, Zuma, right? And uh, listen, let's let's be frank. If you listen to the show enough, you'll you'll know that Rory and I are are, are very critical of uh, President Jacob Zuma. But uh, one of the interesting things that you've raised now is to say that Parliament isn't doing their job. Surely, a vote for no confidence of Parliament would be a hugely bold move that would actually, I suppose, rip into the structures of South Africa and say, "Hey, let's take a look at it properly," because clearly it's not working right now. Clearly, the way Parliament is set up, the way our political structure is set up, is not working and needs a change. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. If we go back to the uh, judgment of the Constitutional Court in the Inkandla case earlier this year, 
I will recall that the court found uh, that not only had President Zuma uh, violated the Constitution, but so had Parliament uh, by failing to hold into account. And Parliament has done very little since that judgment to correct its, its processes and procedures. So in as much as, um, as President Zuma appears to have ignored the, the basic premise of that judgment, so has Parliament. And, uh, you know, the Constitution provides that uh, an, a, a, an early election can be called and can, a Parliament can be dissolved only after three years from the date of the previous election. So that, that, uh, that will fall in May of this year. And it may be that at, at that point there will be a call for Parliament to be dissolved and for an early election to take place so that both Parliament, uh, a new Parliament can be uh, elected, one that is committed to upholding the Constitution, and, and, and a Parliament that will elect a President that is also uh, um, committed to upholding the Constitution. So that is an avenue that is provided for within the Constitution itself. Should we be uh, lobbying for any amendments to the Constitution um, and the way that it's set up so that we don't find ourselves um, in this position again, Mr. Naidu? Well, I don't think so. I mean, I think we, you know, we can't uh, legislate for everything that befalls us. It's the failure of our politics uh, cannot be remedied uh, through law and the courts. Uh, this is a, f- a fundamental political issue that, the, uh, uh, as we saw with the NEC, uh, ANC's NEC meeting at the weekend, failing to take the hard decisions that are required in order to do what is, what is the right thing. And uh, ultimately, that is a political issue, and it will have political consequences for the ANC. But how do we make sure that this doesn't happen again? So if we, let's assume we dissolve parliament, we put in new people into there, but they behave in the same way. It, it seems that uh, the ordinary man on the street, and this is why you're running this campaign, it sounds like, has no remedy yeah. outside of parliament. We, we're stuck. We are at the mercy of parliament. And if Parliament well, refuses to act, there's nothing yeah. that we can do. Well, we're, well, we're, we're a, democratic, a democratic society premised on, on laws and regulations and processes, and we need to stick to those. We, we can't just make up uh, rules and regulations just because we don't like what is currently happening. We, we, we operate within the, uh, within the ambit of where we are at the moment. Uh, as I say, it's a failure of our politics. Um, I can't see any, any uh, legislative or constitutional amendment that would remedy the situation that we are currently in at the moment. We, we give that responsibility to Parliament. I think the remedy lies in the fact that we need to have a vigilant and an active uh, civil society. We need to have active citizens who uh, hold our elected representatives to account and make them realize that they are accountable to us and not to their party bosses. Mr. Naidu, uh, who are imperialists, or at least white monopoly capital? Maybe you can educate us. I'm sure the finger has been pointed to yourselves. Um, we uh, believe that the president uh, stated in the NEC meeting that he would be, if he was to step down, he would be handing himself over into the hands of, uh, of imperialists and uh, white monopoly capital. Can you unpack for us, if you have any idea, who are imperialists uh, I, and who are, what is white monopoly capital? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the president seems to have handed himself over to other other people who are, who are very willing to capture him. So uh, perhaps the president is best, uh, best place to answer who these other forces are. Who is driving your activities? How did uh, Save SA, the campaign, come about? Who were the people in the room on that particular day? Um, and, and how is it being funded? Um the uh, initiative of the Save, uh, Save campaign came about as a, uh, at a meeting of the 
of CASAC, the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution, at one of our twice yearly <coughs> advisory council meetings, where we had a discussion around the state of state of the, the country and where we are at the moment in terms of fulfilling or not fulfilling our constitutional vision. And we felt that uh, we needed to uh, initiate, a, initiate a broader discussion with other uh, civil society organizations. We then convened an initial meeting with a range of uh, representatives from, from, from civil society. And at that initial discussion, which was held on the 15th of September, uh, everyone welcomed the idea of needing to work together and to collaborate to try and uh, activate our citizenry once again and to, and to deal with some of these fundamental challenges that face us. And out of that, the uh, Save South Africa campaign was born. Uh, in terms of funding, we have received funding from uh, uh, a couple of um, uh, donor agencies. We've received funding from, from business in South Africa. And we are continuously receiving funding uh, from ordinary South Africans who are phoning our office uh, and pledging to, uh, funds uh, and, and depositing funds into an account that has now been set up that is being managed by CASAC and which will be fully accountable and audited. Uh- Mr. Nadu, I, I'm interested, you know, Rory, and I want to bring us into this together as well. I'm interested how I feel like quite defensive uh, and quite attacking towards you, which is which is interesting as a feeling. And now I just want to put it out there. You, you seem to be doing something which is better than nothing, but I feel like I should be critical of it for some reason, and I'm not sure why. Um, so <laughs> I just want to put that out there because it is an interesting statement. You, you seem to be doing stuff that we all talk about in these kind of dinner party discussions and yet i'm feeling quite critical of save south africa perhaps well i I think you know it's fine to be critical but you know i think people uh, people uh uh, can be critical but let's be constructively critical and then say what what should others uh be doing that it might be more effective yeah yeah that's i think you know that's really that's really the debate i would want to have Rather than you know, those that are protecting them uh, are going to criticise us, and we expect that that level of of basic criticism from them. That speaks of imperialist forces and you know white monopoly capital and and the, and the like, using phrases as as you do yourself just pointed out. Nobody understands. But if we're going to have a, a debate about whether the Safe South Africa campaign is effective, then let's have a com- uh, discussion about how we can make it more effective. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Right now, for no confidence, you've got 20,000 signatures. Am I right with that? I just want to make sure I'm correct. Uh, I think it's heading up towards 25,000. Okay, yeah, so 25,000 signatures, about 0.04% of, of the population. I'm interested to understand how how you get the mass traction on that. How do you... because I'm, I'm assuming you won't present twenty thousand signatures to Parliament. They'll probably they'll probably throw that back in your face. How how do you feel? What's the strategy of getting uh, the word out there about President Zuma, about what he's been doing, about the problems that he's been having outside of the echo chambers of, of Twitter and Facebook, and you know the organisations well, that are endorsing we're, we're him. Taking this- we're taking this campaign into communities, and you know that 25,000 signatures we've <coughs> we've received in, in less than a week uh, since the campaign was launched last Wednesday. Uh, we're taking this uh, this message into communities. We've already had we had uh, we are planning a number of town hall type meetings. We had one already in Port Elizabeth, New Brighton, two or three weeks ago. There's one taking place in Newton Hague this evening. Uh, there are a couple more that are planned in the Free State on the weekend of the 10th and 11th of December. 
and a range of other activities that are planned. So this is, uh, it's not just a question of, <coughs> of launching a, 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 this people's motion and then sitting back and wait, waiting for people to sign. The, the, the motion itself is a campaigning tool to enable us to get, get into conversations with ordinary South Africans, firstly to get them to sign the, uh, the motion, but also to engage people as to how we hold our elected representatives to account. To say to people that uh, the 400 members of parliament are allocated funds from the public purse to uh, to uh, to establish and run constituency offices, and we want those uh, ordinary members of society to go to those constituency offices and ask their MPs how they are holding the executive to count, how they are holding the president to count for having violated his oath of office, and to say to those members of parliament, if you don't hold the president to account, we are going to hold you to account. So this is as much a public education and awareness campaign as it is about getting signatures on a piece of paper. Mr. Naidu, as we let you go, I think um, if I if I am to venture um, an attempt at an answer to Andrew around um, this this critique, uh, I think when we started the conversation, one got a, a sense of your tone being very dismissive uh, of the questions that were being asked. Uh, it might be wrong, but uh, it certainly came across as that. Now, as a young person and as many other young people who are listening and watching, um, that there's a big thing around just young people being taught Told, uh, what to do and when we engage and when we ask questions we are dismissed we're told we don't know anything we're told we shouldn't believe what we hear in the media and then we say okay so who should we believe um, we're told about white monopoly capital and imperialists and when we ask who they are we're told uh, you know just be vigilant so there's a lot of, the elders seem to be wanting to take actions in, in, in either different paths but when we engage in questions critical questions that I think deserve to be answered it, we, we get answered in what feels like a very dismissive tone. So what is your what is your plan to get young people to engage with this and to and to answer these questions that we're asking in a way that young people can understand, relate to and also be galvanized to action. Uh, indeed, I mean, I, uh, I, I w- wasn't intending to be dismissive of any of your questions. I was simply answering the questions in, uh, uh, in you know, in in, in the way that they were being asked, um, you know, we would want people to engage with the campaign and to and to uh, and to raise issues and to say, uh, you know, and and rather than dismiss the campaign, but to say, uh, you know, these are our concerns. How do we incorporate those concerns that we have into this broader campaign? And that's the kind of conversation we need to have. That is a conversation uh, that uh, that adds to the uh, uh, to the issues at stake, rather than seeks to uh, seeks to retract from what uh, one or the other is saying. So this this is about having a conversation that is mature, that is responsible, uh, and that takes us forward. And absolutely, the the views of young people is something that we we recognise. We have uh, not yet been able to uh, address properly. It is part of the strategy that we need to develop going forward into, into engage more, uh, more openly and critically with young people in terms of uh, their hopes and desires. Because ultimately, what, we, what this campaign is seeking to achieve is a South Africa that is, uh, that is built on the, of the strong and solid foundations of the rule of law, of uh, adherence to the principles and values of, of a democratic society, and that is something that is going to benefit generations to come. So this is not something about... Uh, uh, that is a generational specific campaign. It's a campaign for the future of South Africa. And that's why the, the campaign it's, itself is entitled Save South Africa. And we would encourage uh, all people in South Africa to go onto our website 
to find the people, uh, people's motion of no confidence in Jacob Zuma and to engage with the campaign so that we can strengthen it. Lawson Naidu, thank you so much uh, for speaking to us today, a spokesperson for Save South Africa. Also, he uh, represents the advancement of the South African Constitution. He's a director there. Lawson, appreciate your thoughts and good luck uh, for the Save South Africa campaign. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. That was Lawson Naidu. Rory, interesting how we're reacting to this. I mean... It's not like we don't want Zuma to go, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like we don't want Zuma to go. Mm. And these guys are actively putting their heads out saying, hey, listen, we, we're starting some, we're starting a movement here. Hey, we want to try and get some traction. But I, I felt, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be by myself here, but I was like quite critical of it. Isn't that a problem with South Africans in general? Anyone who's trying to do something that's worthwhile, we're already trying to find fault in. We're already uh, trying to break it down as quick as possible. So I, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the premise of, uh, of, of this reaction, uh, at least from my side. I think, um, we do have a right to ask questions. If you want us on board, then we need to ask questions. And when those questions aren't answered in a way that is satisfactory, we happen to be that generation that is, that, that asks questions, that wants, that, well, that wants to, 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 to be engaged. So if you, if you're not willing, then we say, what are you hiding? Mm-hmm. Right? If we ask you, uh, why did you choose? Why aren't you going after the CEOs as well? Um, while you're at it, then we can, you know, two birds, one stone. Let's get this going. And you just say, no, no, no. We 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 don't focus. Uh, we just focused on the president. They're like, okay, fine. But earlier on, you said that um, the this was the broad. This was it was about citizens. It was about all of these things. Oh, la, la, then la, la, the contradictions la. start to yeah. raise questions. And if you're not willing to engage us. Then we, then we have something to be suspicious about, right? So it's not, it's, uh, no, by all means, let's go, let's do it. But I think we've been pulled along by enough people who are, you know, serving their own agendas and, and so on and so on. And if you're not willing to answer those questions, then it's like, ah, geez, not another one, you know? You know, what's interesting to me is this idea of, the law working for you when it wants to work for you and the systems working for you when they want to work for you. And then when they're not, then we must change them, you know? So why is everyone so, I mean, I love the constitution. Okay. I've read it. It's interesting to me. I think it's a good body of work, right? But even myself, when anyone says, no, we must change the constitution, I freak out. And I'm like, why should we, why are we so hectic about this constitution that we need to keep and uphold it and never even think of doing an edit on it. Why can it not be iterative like most things should be? Because if it was, you know, if, for example, Lawson came here and he said, actually, we're doing a vote of no confidence for Parliament. Damn, I'd be totally for it because Parliament's out of date. They're out of touch. They're out of reach. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it is interesting, but I, I do think that, um, you know, the, the elders and so on, because they, they're the ones that have the resources to be able to launch such campaigns. But if they don't learn how to engage with the, the critique of, of the younger questioning, uh, uh, people, then these things will never go anywhere. All right, let's get an elder on the line. He's gonna, he's gonna crash <laughs> me for saying he's an elder now. Ntate, Ntate Malala. Justice Malala, good morning to you. <laughs> I like being called an elder. It means I have some wisdom. <laughs> not wisdom, some experience at least. At least it gives a reason for the, the the fact that you have no hair in your head. You know, now that you're an elder, you can justify it. <laughs> Justice, just an interesting couple of days. Um, and, um, it, it was quite interesting watching you, um, at least engage with the, with, with, with the analysts. 
um, on your TV show and then with 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 Mzwanele Mangi. It seems to be a right royal mess now. And then, of course, we come out and there isn't a decision. Is it time for us to just let this thing go and just, uh, you know, accept it as a fate that we're going to have Jacob Zuma until... Uh, the end of his term and we should just leave it at that and the likes of Save SA should just uh, maybe turn their attention to CEOs <laughs> um, uh, you know we we might want to let it go um, but it don't let us go I think that <laughs> um, essentially what's, what's, what we've gone through these past few days um, what we've gone through this past year. I mean, I can't, I can't remember having so many crises, so many <laughs> sh- shifts in the value of the land, so much speculation about a cabinet reshuffle, about the future of ministers and so forth, as we've had since 9-12 uh, last year. And I think that the reason why I say it don't let us go is because I think we set for another year of um, of similar um, ups and downs, similar uncertainty, and uh, and uh, traumatic events. I think that essentially what we're waiting for today and the next few weeks, possibly the next the next few months, um, it's a cabinet reshuffle. Uh, you have a set of ministers who have said openly in an ANC NEC meeting to their boss that he's not worthy. Um, you have a boss who says, I was, I was poisoned three times, and you can imagine the levels of paranoia that he's going through. Perhaps it explains why his security detail has doubled. And, uh, and essentially, um, this is a man who closed the meeting by saying, some among you, May be the people who tried to poison me. Um, so I think I think it don't let us go. Save us a whoever it might be, the opposition, the EFF, the DA, uh, Bantu Olomisa, uh, Cope, <laughs> all of them. Mm. Um, uh, essentially, we, you know, this this thing is. It's a bit like, you know, when I look at it, I feel like we. We are on a train, and we can't jump off, and it's settling <laughs> down the stairs with us on it. It, it. it really is scary, Justice. Um, it, it, it is frightening to realize that it seems that no one has the power to do anything about it. Um, you've got uh, Parliament, which, from what we're hearing, um, there, there are enough people in Parliament in the ANC uh, that want Zuma out, um, but they don't seem to have the power to do anything about it uh, without a secret ballot. The NEC seems to be unable to do anything about it. Uh, now we've got Save SA trying to do something about it. Um, are we wasting our time um, focusing on something that maybe isn't, shouldn't be the, the, the right focus? Um, I know your analysts on the show were speaking about, you know, why don't we speak about policies and so on? Uh, we're spending too much time speaking about Jacob Zuma and, 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 and all of that that's happening around him. But could we perhaps shift things in society? We were with Mr. Lawson Naidu of KSAC now. I said, you know, you've got CEOs, uh, you've got a, you've got the ear of CEOs. Should we not be moving on uh, things like uh, salary inequality and transformation and so on in the meantime, just to get things uh, at least moving in one direction? 
Um, look, we can. You know, I mean, for me, one of the tragedies of... Uh, I, you know, I agree with people who say, what about policy? One of the things... I'll tell you a tragic story in today's news that you and I haven't spoken about, that I, I haven't picked up on the news bulletin. Mm-hmm. But yesterday... Um, you know, one of the international assessments that's done every five years of uh, school education was released. And we are placed at the bottom for science and second mm. last for math. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you know, you and I, all three of us, uh, so many of our listeners, are people who are where we are because we got some modicum of a decent education. Mm. What are we saying when our kids, when kids, not, not just our kids, but kids in a school in Limpopo, in the Eastern Cape, in Pumalanga, Northwest, are basically getting an education that won't be, prepare them for any kind of work. Mm. And and this is where policy comes in. Um, but, you know, I'm, you know, I'm more of a guy who believes in leadership. I believe that um, both of you in the studio, uh, so many other people, uh, will achieve great things when you move from a point where the leadership of where we are, where you are, uh, says this is how we do things. These are the freedoms we allow ourselves. Um, and let's go and do the work. But mm. if you have, if you have leadership that uh, seems to be uh, not working for the vision of the organization, um, but seems to be working for a family in Saxon world or wherever, um, then then who's going to implement, who's going to turn around to Njimu Chakha and say, it's time to deal with this problem. Why is it 22 years later? We are last in science and second last in maths. I mean, Someone should be, someone should be jumping up and down, but yeah. no one will be because they're concentrating on is she with me? Is she not with me? Will she vote against me in a meeting? Will she not vote against me? Should she be fired? Won't she be fired? And so forth and so forth. So I hear the calls for policy. I hear for people saying, um, let's deal with the CEOs. You know, one of the things about, let's take wage inequality, which you've spoken about, is that Cyril Ramaphosa and Nedlack and so forth have put on the table um, a debate about 3,500 as a minimum wage. Mm. That should be the debate that we all have. But at the NEC of the ANC, the highest decision-making body of the organization between conferences, no one spoke about the minimum wage. It was all about the leader. And so if the leadership, if the leader of society um, is not talking about these things, you and I can bang on for the whole day and for the whole week, but who's going to implement these in Parliament? Who's going to listen mm. while they're busy um, stabbing each other in the back? So I, I, my view is that, yes, I, in fact, I do think that we do do a lot of introspection on these things, but um, but we are distracted by the internal shenanigans of an organization. And because that organization is so huge, it has a massive impact on our society. So the nation will continue to look at who's 
paying who, who's sleeping with who, who's doing what with who, and not on policy, because that's where the leader of society is looking. Justice, if we are to look at, at campaigns like Save SA, you know, who are, who are very clear on what they want, they want um, uh, Jacob Zuma to go, um, and we talk a little bit about leadership, do you not think that civil society has... Uh, I suppose an obligation to look at their own leadership. I mean, it's one thing to say, Jacob Zuma, your house is out of order, but what about everyone else's houses? You know, like the CEOs of these big mining organizations that jump on Save South Africa as quick as they can to say, yes, we want this, or, or the big banks or the big telcos. Surely we have a huge problem in leadership just generally in South Africa, and it doesn't look like it's ever going to end because no one seems to see a problem with general leadership. They just see ANC leadership, and they're like, well, it's just those people in the ANC, it's those card-carrying members who used to be cadres, and that's the end of it, you know? But we, we really do have a deficit in leadership in South Africa, and how do we get out of that? I think I think I agree with you that... that uh, is a leadership deficit. I think that we do need to have those conversations. The mining companies, uh, I mean, you, you look at some, you only have to drive through uh, the northwest and the platinum belt to realize the lack of foresight, the lack of vision of many of these organizations, of these companies. Um, I mean, how do you start up a mine and you allow a, you know, an informal settlement, a squatter camp, to develop all around that mine, and you can drive through and you think that I'm an ethical leader, I'm a values-based leader. It's it's not it's not true, and it's a it's a blatant lie. Mm. Um, so I do think we need that conversation. But you know, if I say today um, the state has been captured by this or that family, um, and I refer right now to the debate about the influence of the Gupta family on Jacob Zuma. If I say that, and I say, look at what that has wrought, what it has given us is a billionaire son of the president. It has given us suspicions that the Minister of Mineral Resources, Museven Zizwane, gets on a plane to negotiate a deal in Switzerland with Atlanta. Uh, now, what that has done is that the state, which is supposed to stand up for all of us, is now standing up for one family. So if I raise that issue of Museveni Zwane or the Gupta family, and then I, yeah, and you say, but Johan Rupert, um did pretty much the same thing under apartheid and so forth and so forth. Mm. We've got a problem here, and it's uh, it's it's diversion because we don't solve any problem. Um, we all end up mm. saying, "Oh, you know, yes, it's okay." So we're trying to it to make an equivalence mm. instead of solving a problem. And I think I think we need to be careful. About the debate, I I hundred percent agree with you about about the lack of leadership in so many. A principal who sits there and allows a kid, a, a sorry, a teacher, to arrive at school at ten instead of being at his desk at nine at eight a.m. teaching. Um, 
that's lack of leadership. And th- th- this is one of the big, big issues we have to confront. Those CEOs are absolutely shocking. I mean, mm. to have people who run these minds telling us about leadership is quite <laughs> ironic. Yeah. Yet, yet I, I think perhaps we need some balance. You're right. I, I, and I hear you and I would agree with you. I do think um, that it shouldn't, it shouldn't stop those who point out some of these issues uh, from being listened to, mm. particularly the issues that we have in the public sphere. Justice, I, I want us to just get into a bit of strategy. Um, you study these things uh, much, much more deeper than uh, either I or Andrew do. Um, what's happening in the ANC? It, it, so I've, what we're trying to understand is, for example, why would, if there is a faction, if, if, if news is to believe that this is actually a faction and there's a faction that wants Zuma to go in the ANC, um, NEC, why would they choose a soft target like Derek Anokom, who's already on the payroll, uh, who could be reshuffled, to be the one that becomes the face and the voice of, of this motion, when there are others who are not in cabinet who could have easily raised their voices? Why have they chosen Derek Anokom, or do you think that that wasn't uh, uh, particularly deliberate? It just so happened that uh, Derek Anokom uh, made the, or raised his hand and he was acting alone. I'm I'm not quite sure that Derek Hanekom was acting alone. I uh, well, firstly, it's it's an interesting choice because as you, yeah, I mean, I think that your your expression "soft target" is absolutely correct. Um, it's someone who, for example, many on Twitter are saying, "Yeah, well, he's a white guy. Uh, he profited off white privilege and so forth and so forth." So so you can undercut him. Secondly. Um, as a minister, he's vulnerable because he can be fired. Um, you know, today there was supposed to be a cabinet meeting and it's been postponed. Um, um, he's, he's someone who can be gotten rid of. Mm. But I think that the ground had been laid. I think that Jackson Temu's interview with the City Press, I think it was in October, um, was was groundbreaking. And what you're seeing is that for a long time, so you spoke about Save SA. Now, you know, Sipopi Chana is an interesting person to be speaking on these issues. But Sipopi Chana is the chairman of Anglo Gold Ashanti. Mm. He is. He did a massive deal with NetBank, I think, 13, 14 years ago. Um, these are people who can walk away from public life and have a big stash in the bank. And if this country implodes, they can live in Portugal, where you can buy citizenship uh, with five million or wherever. Mm. Um, I'm interested in people like Derek Anacom, who has been a servant of the ANC and of this uh, of South Africa since 1994. These are not people like uh, Jackson Tindu. These are not people who have gone out and made huge amounts of money. Mm. So they, their skin is in the game. If the ANC goes down, they go down. If, uh, if uh, Jacob Zuma is angry and fires them, they go down. Yeah. So I think 
I think that if there is strategy, I think that it was firstly Derek Hanekom is someone who you can who could be fired without the consequences of a nanogate. Yeah. Uh, because his portfolio is not that sensitive. Um and it's in you know, you think about who was in that portfolio in the past ten years before Hanekom, it was um um uh, Martinez. Um, you know, if any anything that he was a lightweight in that cabinet, uh, uh, it's got a bit more muscle now. Uh, Derek Hanekom has been an agriculture minister and so forth and so forth. Um, I think that that was the first consideration. I do think that people did speak about it. I don't think that Derek Hanekom was acting on his own. I think that he spoke knowing that there will be others who will speak with him. I think that it's interesting that there was no vote in that meeting, mm. and I, I, I find it, uh, I find it laughable that that uh, people said it was a consensus. Not mm. we don't put things to vote in the NEC. Jacob, um, not Jacob Zuma, Kevin uh, Becky was voted out in the NEC, <laughs> and it was about sixty forty. Yeah. So, so I think the history is not on their side of that one. Fascinating. Um, Just as we're running out of time, uh, you know the drill. There's a producer outside yeah. who's pointing fingers at us. But I really need to ask you, man. I've I've asked Lawson Naidu. He hasn't given us an answer. I've asked um, I've asked everyone. No one's me. able to give us an answer. I give you an answer. Who are the imperialists? What is white monopoly capital? <laughs> Who is the enemy? Help well, us. Why are you fascinated with this question? <laughs> Help us. Uh, I, because it's difficult. Because if there's an enemy, I want to run. You know, you know, they say if you, you, find it. If you see a group of people <laughs> running past you, you don't go and ask what's happening. You run with them. So, <laughs> so Jacob Zuma's running away from something that is an imperialist and is white monopoly capital. Who are they? Can you give us specific names, please? <laughs> um, there's a long list that keeps on popping up. Um, you know, and you, you're you on it as well. Them. You're on it as well, Justice. <laughs> we saw your name. We well, saw your I'm, name. I'm, Number 25. Uh, Derek Hanekom became a member of White Monopoly Capital the other day. Um, <laughs> uh, you talk about Save SA. Um, um, Mark Haywood, who is the pub, part of the public face of it, uh, suddenly became... White monopoly capital. Now he's been an HIV AIDS activist. He's been this, is this. Now yeah. he's white now monopoly he's capital. Derek Anakom is a farmer who became an ANC member years ago. Now he's become white monopoly capital. So um, someone said something interesting the other day. If you two in the studio say something about Jacob Zuma in the next hour, you will become white monopoly capital and it's pawns. And you two are on that list. Number twenty-eight, number twenty-nine. <laughs> Justice, before before we 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 go with you, I know we're running out of time. Just one thing: the strategy of this uh, this movement was it to get a no confidence in Parliament? Do you think if they get reshuffled out, or do you think it was around this idea of two thousand and seventeen and the the next election of the ANC president, and actually ge- getting less power to Zuma to make a decision and call? What's your thoughts on that? Um, the, the biggest, the, the first thing about that movement is that they had a meeting. They, they spoke about it. They canvassed people, other people in, in parliament, and uh, they thought in, in parliament and in the NEC, and they thought it's no longer 60-40 to Jacob Zuma or 75-25 uh, to Jacob Zuma. It's 50-50. And so they went for it. But they weren't thinking long and hard and long term. 
and that's where they fail, and that's why Jacob Zuma defeats them. The key issue here, uh, at the end of the day, is that Jacob Zuma still controls the branches of the ANC. So any talk now of, oh, what do, what happens post this, has been kicked down the can, down the road, to um, to a consultative conference in June and the December elective conference. Mm. And what all of us, the three of us have to watch, our listeners have to watch, is that in the next 12 months, who gets elected at the Branston branch to go to the conference in December? Hmm. Because that's the one that's going to elect a successor. And I'm telling you now, everyone who supported President Zuma in that meeting on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday is going to be going all out to make sure that the person who goes from your branch in Bryanston, from other branches across the land, are people who will vote for Dr. Ngosa Zanazadilizuma. Hmm. That is where people like Derek Hanekom and uh, Jackson Tembu and others are missing it. They are not going, they are not doing the numbers. Justice, we're going to have to end it there with you. Thank you so much. Listen, if you want to hear more from Ntate Malala, you just have to listen to the Burning Platform tomorrow. Wow. You are full of knowledge. 25, 26, 27 on the White Monopoly Capital. We'll be sitting there, front row seats, come December 2017 to see who the next president is, huh? Good luck. Chovecho. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you did uh, miss any of it, check out clipcentral.com forward slash frankly speaking. Have yourself a great day. Ciao, ciao. Cliffcentral.com.